1: Joy.
0: Joy. Yeah, it took me a second there.
1: 25 minutes to eight. You're listening to Generation Next. It's the home for news and views critical to LGBTI youth. And my name's Dylan.
0: I'm Maddie. And we are more than halfway through our time here. How does that even happen?
1: It just flies. It just absolutely flies. And I should probably watch out because I'm like, I'm molting at the moment. Oh. And-
0: uh- always yeah totally well, just bright red curly hair <laughs>
1: yeah it's totally like obvious. who uh was that in the studio <laughs> just like you know letting out some some red curly hair
0: <laughs> anyway um PAX gaming convention was on in Melbourne over the weekend yes, I couldn't it make was. it because I was like chained to a computer writing and crying but that's um, what I
1: should have been doing
0: <laughs> but um in terms of gaming and queer culture, the gaming community is usually thought of as being, like, straight, white, cisgender men, and that image hasn't been helped with a recent tirade of sexist abuse towards women who speak out against sexist abuse because that's how you prove sexism isn't, isn't a problem, by I being know, sexist.
1: right? It's just like, you know, yeah, there's no problem. There's no problem. I'm going to... Uh, if you if you talk about feminism and, you know, anti-feminism in the gaming community, we're going to come to this, uh, to yeah. where you're going, and we're going to uh, bring violence Yes, yeah, like w-
0: women don't face discrimination in gaming, and if you say they do, I'm going to kill you.
1: Yeah, totally. Anyway, totally. <laughs> I could talk
0: about GamerGate for a long time. I'm not going to do that because you don't, because you know, I'll just accidentally set the speakers on fire. But um, queer people have always been part of gaming culture, and uh, PAX last weekend has shown some really good progress in moving towards a more inclusive world. Because there was a diversity lounge, which you said you didn't make it into. but
1: No, I didn't get to go to the diversity lounge, um, mainly because I was waiting in line to play games. I don't blame you. It was a lot of cool
0: games. But what was happening in the diversity lounge, that there were a lot of different, like there was the gay men board game time. There was the lesbians board game time. There was... uh. Di- uh all different groups within the, uh, under the LGBTI umbrella had had times when they could specifically come along and meet each other and play games and things like that, and which is really just, really cool.
1: Yeah, and they were like even just like just to kick back and chill and talk.
0: Yeah, hell, a good a place to chill at any con is a good thing.
1: What I did notice, like when I was at in the convention and walking around, is um. More so, like, and you see it a lot at, like, Comic-Con, like, kind of the gender-bending cosplay. But it was, like, a prominent feature at PAX. So many people were gender-bending cosplaying. And I was like, that is awesome. I think there
0: was actually a gender-bending cosplay competition in the Diversity Lounge.
1: Oh, true. Yeah. Well, I saw one really, really buff-bearded Misty from Pokemon. Awesome. And I was like, (laughs) yeah.
0: I think last time I cosplayed, I was a 12-year-old boy. So, yeah. Any of the Gravity Falls fans out there? Oh, yeah can you believe the last episode anyway (laughs) (laughs) i what do you mean i'm part of the fandom for a disney cartoon
1: (laughs) i (laughs) wish that that i could like there was a character i could cosplay as but as a pacific islander descent it's kind of hard to find someone that you know i can kind of like look like
0: i actually saw a really awesome article i know it was buzzfeed but uh just various people who are cosplaying characters of a different race and being really awesome at it.
1: Oh, true. Maybe I should jump on that one. Because, like, I remember, you know, there's there's the obvious, like, for coloured people where you can go as, like, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, seven hashtag subtle racism. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's kind of hard. I did see some really cool um, Lara Crofts. And, and, one like, a lot of them, they were dressed like, you know, the, the first-gen console Lara Croft in the, the short... Hot pants and yeah. boobs, but <laughs> then there are a couple that were dressed up as the um, Tomb Raider reboot, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Cool," because that's the, that's the Lara Croft that I like to think of now. That's the one who yeah. I'm like, yeah, that the the fully rounded character.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: The, the um, killing beast.
0: <laughs> yeah, gaming hasn't always been terribly inclusive towards people of color towards women towards people of diverse genders and sexualities but like progress is being made i did love this quote from the person who organized the diversity lounge we just wanted to create a space where everyone felt welcome a space where everyone is included and to show off games that are for everyone and reflect more stories than just the straight white guy shooting people while trying to avenge his maimed or killed girlfriend wife or daughter to- that's such a common narrative for games.
1: Totally. I mean, one game that I'd really, really love to highlight—it wasn't there at PAX, obviously, because it was from two years ago and it was only remastered this year—but The Last of Us. And I know I talk about The Last of Us quite a bit, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it, it follows a similar narrative of you know the white guy shooting zombies and people uh, while trying to avenge his slain daughter, but um, he comes across a young girl by the name of Ellie who, you know, they have like kind of this um, father, daughter, not at first though. As the game progresses, they they get that bond growing. Mm-hmm. But um, there's hints to, or in the DLC at least, it, it's uh, confirmed that Ellie is a lesbian. The The 14-year-old year ward of his awesome. um, is, is in fact a lesbian. And, and the way that they the narrative shows that she is same-sex attracted and that, you know, she has had a contentious period with her girlfriend. It's done in the most beautiful way. Awesome. That you don't question it at all. You don't go, okay, cool, here's the token queer character. All right, cool, yeah, rainbow flags for all. It was just... And also here-
0: token queer character tends to die.
1: Yeah, well, look, one of them, nothing. Um <laughs> <laughs> spoilers um but look the way that it is that it was set up was just the these are two young people who are in love they've got a they've got a rocky period they are and then they um have to work th- they they work through it and it, it's just done so magnificently yeah um yeah and i think that that, that style of narrative i'm hoping becomes a prominent feature i mean the way that the storyline is delivered i hope that a lot of other games out there use that as a
0: benchmark yeah and there are uh games can be really seeing representation can be really really awesome for people who are still figuring themselves out or who do know their sexuality and are sick of seeing everything being heterosexual i know in dragon age there are a lot of um like there are companions who can be romanced by either sex things like that but i remember being like 12 years old playing The Sims 1 finding there was a household with two female roommates making them hook up every time and then being like oh let's not save that in case anyone sees.
1: (laughs) Yeah look I did the same thing with Fable as a teenager because you could have same sex relationships and I was like I remember it came up and saying that my character was gay and I was like okay better sleep with some women then Uh, (laughs) to try and then like you think about it and you're like okay that's a bit ridiculous because who are you doing that for Um, but you know I think that Games do, especially role-playing games, MMOs, they do offer you that opportunity to um, to kind of live out a life that you might not be able to have at that point. Not yeah. necessarily mean that you won't ever be able to have that life.
0: Although, you know, if that life involves being Lara Croft.
1: Um, look, I am... I'm a confirmed same-sex attracted person, but if Lara Croft, the reboot, if uh, I came across, or even someone dressed up like Lara Croft from the reboot, I'd tell you what, I would be very sexually confused.
0: <laughs> Don't blame you. Yeah, some of the panels that they had at PAX, um, Queering Video Games, LGBT Representation and Why It Matters. Um, Everyone games creating inclusive gaming communities, which was done by the Melbourne Gamers Group.
1: Yeah, I love those guys. Me and too. Um,
0: There's the panel on women in games and a wonderful panel about fake gamers. I'm doing some finger quotes here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw them. I've walked into a like games workshop and gotten the filthiest looks from dudes with literal neck and fedoras. And I'm one. I've probably been playing tabletop RPGs longer than you've been alive. Two. Even if I hadn't. I'm still allowed to be here.
1: Totally. And also, just because you're not decked out in, I guess, uh, traditional garb or or something that, you know, uh, ties you into that series, doesn't mean that you're not into that game. Like, Yeah.
0: It's like, I don't, I don't do console gaming, but like I said, tabletop RPGs have been my thing since I was six years old. So, you totally. know, if you want to judge me for not knowing anything about the latest consoles, deal with it. But... I can Pathfinder you under the table.
1: (laughs) I think that that's just a massive insecurity on their own behalf. It's like, this is something that I know everything on. This is something that I have, you know, this is everything that I know I may have been bullied and harassed, but now I'm going to return that by looking down at somebody else. And that that kind of ethos is just deplorable.
0: One awesome thing I've heard is the theory that the guys who are like that, who are really super defensive about fake geek girls and things like that, they've always had the idea that, oh, girls don't like me because I'm a nerd or because I have these interests. And then they find out girls have these interests, too. And then they have to think, well, why else aren't they into me? No, fake.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not mismanaged anger issues at all or mismanaged insecurities.
0: Not in the slightest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we've got more Generation Next coming up right after this. All day, every day. Joy 94.9. On air and online at joy.org.au
0: joi 4.9 is searching for community-minded folks who are connected to faith and want to share stories and learn about others. Please consider our Taste of Radio training course if you have a strong interest in multi-faith discussions and you are able to commit to the class dates listed on our website. Applicants should be able to commit to becoming Joy volunteers. There are 10 scholarship positions. For more information and to get an application form, visit joy.org.au. Return your completed form to courses at joy.org.au by November the 30th. Joy 94.9 thanks the uh, Victorian Multicultural Commission for their generous efforts in funding this community project. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air